People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Should, yeah, well, well, next year's going to be crazy, but... Next year's going to be good for me. I've just got <clears throat> tickets to go and see my favourite band, so I'm happy. It's going to be a good year. Um, yeah, welcome to Bizarre Tales. Apart we... from the world's going to be at war. Yeah, fun. yeah, I'm not bothered about that. As long as I'm not drafted. I'm too fat to be on the front line. So... Sure. <laughs> we have an episode for you this week. Yes, yeah, so today we're going to be looking at the Christmas gnome of Scandinavia. All right, and then there's a reason for this because you'll see people this time of year they'll put decorations out and they put these gnomes out everywhere. These they're called gonks. Yeah, some people call them gonks, but they're not. But um, that obviously dates back to you know a time where people were able to see. Um, things, you know, magical creatures and things Fairy like that. Fairy tale creatures. And yeah. I was watching something last night that kind of goes into a little bit of this. Uh, there's some scientific basis now as to why people can see these things. I'll I'll, I'll touch it at the end, so don't yeah, really forget. Yeah, I was going to say, that quite, sounds quite I'll interesting. What, I'll, I'll jot it down here so I don't forget decor. I thought it was just... Yeah. I, had, I had this sort of feeling that it's people if you don't believe you don't see it's it, it you know it's along those lines yeah. but there is a little bit more to it that they've, they've worked out okay so today we're talking about the Tomta or the Nisa depending where you are in Scandinavia um you know each region has their own word for it um Nisa basically in Scandinavian trace uh, traces its origins back to the word Nicholas and again, this is why we get this association around Christmas time with the gnomes and St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, mm. present giving, that sort of stuff. So it's like a precursor. Well, there's some debate, but there's, there's almost like a precursor to Santa Claus in in a lot of countries. Yeah. And obviously with the influx of Christianity that came across and tried to change all the pagan traditions into... Um, well, they modernised it, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, co-opt them to... into fucking Christianity so that they could... Make people acquiesce with Christianity a little bit easier. Yeah. So obviously, then we get Santa Claus from the Nisa. Nisa being, like I say, Nils in Scandinavian, which translates back to Nicholas. Tomta, though, is a slightly different reason behind the name. And it goes back to imagine the first settlers to an area. So you get like. Um, they clear the area, uh, they, you know, chop the trees down, all that stuff to make grazing area for the cattle or mm. uh, make a farmstead, that sort of thing. And that's kind of what um, Tompton translates back to is like homestead man. Because the idea being that the first person who cleared that land, their their soul, if you, I'm using these words loosely, but their soul, if you like, is attached to that land. Yeah, it, that, I see what that, you mean. That land made so much to them that they, they like the Jews in Israel. They were there first. Yeah, well, it's more than like that. It's more like because they spent so much time, effort clearing the land, making that piece of land theirs, that they belong to the land almost. In like almost like um, not a penance, but that sort of thing. It's like for, for using this land, they 
sort of embed themselves in it. Yeah. But after death, you know what I mean? So they, I get what you so mean. So it's not reincarnation. I don't want people to think that's what I'm saying because it's not. But it's almost like their essence becomes trapped in that land. And then this is the gnome that people see on the land. Because the Scandinavian gnome, the Tomta, is basically what we what we in the West think of as a gnome. Um, but they they become the gnome essentially. So that's that's kind of what it, it the belief is. So you you live in the farm that was on that land. The original owner of the land is the gnome. Yeah, right. That kind sure. of makes sense. And that's what Tomta really means, homestead man. Okay, so. According to the folklore, the Tomsa is a magical creature which brings good luck to those who take care of him. He also brings you little surprises and treats as well. And this is where we get it at Christmas time, particularly with the Yule Goat. All right. Uh, these creatures are solitary, mischievous, domesticated spirits, though. Uh, they also protect the welfare of the farmstead as well as the people that live there. All right, so animals. Particularly fond of horses. Um... And it's been said that you'll wake up in the morning and your horse's mane's been braided or its tail's been braided. And it's very bad luck to undo braids. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, there's a few Bigfoot cases, actually, that uh, people have had Bigfoot on their land and their horses have braids. And it turns out that, well, in some accounts, people have actually seen the Bigfoot raping the horse. And um, it's when they're grabbing the mane, twisting through the fingers to hold onto the head or the tail so it can't get away while the while the yeah doing it and that that incidentally braids the tail right right so so but in so this, for those of you who have yeah if you have plants in your hair now <laughs> you know now we know yeah but um obviously in in this tradition it's the tom to that would be doing that mm. maybe it isn't scandinavia i don't know anyway so they're like a clean and orderly home or farm and Having a clean or orderly home or farm is a sign that you've got one of these spirits living there. So, you know, okay. kind of a vicious circle going on there, but that's what it is. Um, they've been known to live in, like, pantries, barns, and they generally sleep under the floorboards during the spring and summer months, and then they awake around the time of winter solstice. So pretty much now, 21st, is it? Uh, uh, it's not 21st yet. No, it's tw- the solstice. Oh, yeah. And uh, like I say, so they spring up at the solstice, basically, winter solstice, and that's when they uh, they enjoy the long, uh, dark, cold nights. But they bring a little bit of hope along with them, that sort of thing. All right, so obviously that's why they're associated with winter and Christmas. Once the tomta wakes, it starts cleaning the stables, washing, baking, and more. All right. He has an enormous capacity for work. Um, and again, anyone that's considered, anyone that's, considered to have a Tomta living on their homestead is considered to be fortunate. Um, but not in every case, because when Christianity came around, it was it was seen that if you had a, a farm that was doing really well and another farm was doing poor, it was seen that you had one of these creatures on there, which is against Christianity, it's the devil's work, and so you'd become sort of a leper. So right. if your farm was doing better than anybody else, yeah. you, you're in league with the devil, essentially. Uh, not that you were just good at your job. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's the devil's work. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so the appearance of the Tomter then. So the Tomter is described as a small, old, old man looking style being, if you imagine, 
uh, and it's about the size of a small child, so it's about three foot tall. So what um, we'd consider a gnome, basically. Yeah. yeah, some people have described them being a little bit taller than that, but most say three foot or less. Uh, in fact, I'd say 99% of the cases are three foot or less. Yeah. Um, normally de- depicted with a long white beard and wearing plain farmer clothes, so breeches, stockings, tunic, belt and boots. You know, in the rustic colours that you'd expect to see an old, old and they farmer wearing, you know? Yeah. Um, although they do have a bright red knitted cap. See, so here you've got like um, the white beard and the, 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 the red cap. You know, you can see where Santa's creeping into this. Yeah. Giving gifts at Christmas time, waking up at the solstice. And yeah. obviously, you know, Christmas was all about the solstice, wasn't it? I mean, Jesus thing came later. I mean, they link all, I mean, the old pagan traditions all link in with Santa anyway. Mm. So, how to treat a Tomta in case you get one this Christmas? All right. He won't stand for rudeness. All right. And he doesn't even approve of farm workers swearing. Like I said before, he doesn't like dirty uh, farms or anything like that at homes. He doesn't like dirty outhouses either or barns. And he doesn't like ill treatment of animals unless it's him doing the, the ill treatment. I'll come on to that. If your Tomta becomes offended, he could. Be inclined to play pranks, including breaking things, moving things around, or even tying together cows' tails. Um, I, thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to say others for a minute. No? But anyway. quite interesting. Yep. So, um, if a home is lacking respect towards the Thompson, then the home will not thrive, and it's said that the inhabitants will be reduced to poverty. You should make up a bed for him on Christmas Eve and set a place at the table, preferably the most honoured place at the table. So that'd be the head of the table. Uh, and then feed him. That's on Christmas Eve. So you should make a bed for him on Christmas Eve. And you should lay... Um, Do him a plate of food. Yeah. Or, or you know, like I say, the, the, the night of the solstice, let's, let's say. Depending mm. how you look at it. Okay. So if you're going to make a, a, a bed for him, you're going to give him a, a food. You need to know what to feed him. And he's very... Um, He's got little things that he, he likes, and if you don't get them right, he's a bit pissed off. Right, okay. Right. So, Tomta loves being busy, but there's one thing that he definitely loves more than a, a tasty meal, right? And that, uh, it, one thing he loves more than being busy is a tasty meal, I should say, right? So, homeowners, to give their Tomta a bowl of juglerot, right, which is basically Christmas porridge. Right. Um, <laughs> mostly we got that from juglerot, obviously. Uh, yeah, of yeah. course they did. Uh, and then this is a way of thanking him for the protection throughout the air, you know, looking after the farm, the animals, etc., etc. And uh, so, jugglerot is porridge, all right, but it's not just any porridge, it's got to have a big dab of butter on top. Right, okay. And obviously, back in those days, you know, butters, things like that, were, were sought after items. These were, you know, luxury items. Not everybody had the, you know, butter and things like that. So you can see why giving up a piece of butter would be, you know, would be an honour really. Would be, you know, showing yeah. quite good respect to this this creature. Do you think he'd know if uh, you put? I can't believe it's not butter on it. Yes, he would, no. and I'll come on to that. So really, <laughs> yeah. Well, he gets very angry. Let's put it like that. So you never get between a tomter and his butter. Right, this will make him angry. There is a tale of a farmer, which I found, uh, who put the butter in the bowl and then added the porridge on top. Right, so when the tomter came to get his 
so yeah so when he came to um, get his porridge he noticed or well, he thought that there was no butter on it yeah. yeah so obviously he took umbrage to that and um, he killed the farmer's cow we not just try it first no no, no he just no, got it straight off. out straight out yeah that's what I say straight to murder it's got to be how it is anyway okay. <laughs> after killing the cow it took him some time being little uh, he worked up a bit of an appetite, so he went back and ate the porridge, finding the butter at the bottom of the of the bowl. All right, on realizing what he'd done, he decided to uh, search high and low for a cow that matched the the cow on the farm uh, that he'd slaughtered, and brought it back to the farm to you know to obviously make up for for what he's done. But in in doing that, he obviously stole it from another farmer who didn't yeah. who had, didn't have a tomato on the farm, so. You know, yeah. let that be a lesson to you. Um, well, I mentioned this a bit before. As Christianity became more widespread, these creatures become um, vilified, and so that people that had farms that were doing well were seen as um, yeah. the devil's work, so to speak. Amazing how Christianity changes everything, isn't it? Yep. All right, so like I say, there's a lot of tradition around this, surrounding Christmas, things like this. He has been known to... Um, Give out gifts at Christmas. He don't do the old coming down the chimney bit and all that. Oh, he actually later, he just come, yeah he comes along with gifts on on a, what they call the Yule goat, um, and that's in a lot of other legends as well. But but he comes along with a Yule goat with a presents on, knocks on your door and gives you a present. Yeah, yeah. So if there's four of you, he gives you four presents, and goes to the next house, knocks on the door, gives them presents. So it's just like that. Yeah. Um, the way it should be, Santa should only be given one present. Per yeah, child. and there's not really a thing about um, like if you've been naughty, you don't get out. Like, yeah, it's not really that kind of thing. It's just, you know, like I say, if you looked after him, then he looks after you. But then if you don't have a nice house, and yeah, if you don't look after him, he don't give you shit. And like I say, nowadays you'll see people with these plush dolls, things like that, which represent this creature and. It's nice to have. Um, so they call them gonks, don't they? Gonks, now? yeah. It's nice to have them in your house just to, um, just to uh, bring you luck at Christmas. I've got one. So I was looking at something last night, and um, it was that uh, Seven News, which I think it's got uh, Australian, and it was that cool five, and he was re- interviewing a, a guy called uh, Professor Gary Nolan, and this Gary Nolan's been working with the American. Um, military to establish what UFOs are, but not only has he been doing that, what he's been doing him himself is that he admits to having an encounter with UFO when he was a boy. He was, a, he was on a paper round one day. He was um, it was early morning. He had to be at this particular bloke's house to drop his paper off about five, half past five in the morning, something like that. He needed it early because obviously he worked. Um, so he, he so he knows it was about half five in the morning. Dropped the paper off at this fella's house. Then he had to go through a little copse of woods to get to the next street when he was going through the street he could see his shadow in front of him as he's walking and his shadow it was dark but his shadow started to move like um, do you know like if someone's got a light behind you yeah and then they move it and your shadow moves mm-hmm. and obviously he's walking along and he noticed that and he thought well that's a bit odd and he looked up and there was this craft above him and it, he said it just went it was like a you know round craft with maybe four or five lights in it and it just went overhead and onto the distance no sound so when he was a kid, he'd seen one of these things. Obviously now, like I say, he's a professor and all that, and he's well-renowned, he's got patents everywhere. 
Uh, he's been doing stuff with the military. Um, he thinks he may have had an alien encounter as well, them coming into his bedroom, told his mum about it, and she said it was a nightmare, that kind of thing. Mm. And then years later, he saw a picture of a grey, and he was like, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, That's what it was. So, yeah, so this is what I was saying at the beginning about people who can see these things. Anyway, so during his work, what he's been doing, he's been he's been analysing people who have had contact and this is not like people who are saying they've been taken, probed, and all that. Um, chance to be a fine thing for you, like. But <laughs> he, he said um, this is people who have been on like um, Mer- uh, American warships, those sorts of things, when they've had encounters with UFOs coming to the, to see the ship, yeah. hovering for a while, and the people on deck. These are like legitimate accounts. Yeah, so the, they've took the those country. sailors and they've analysed their brains. And so the people that were on deck seeing the craft, it turns out that they've had brain damage to some description, being under this craft, seeing this craft, they've had a little bit of brain damage. And the people that weren't out on the deck seeing the craft didn't have the brain damage on the same ship. Right, okay. So those sorts of things. That's the sort of of analysis they've been doing to see what's going on and and why. Because it was initially thought that they was looking for certain people, that kind of thing, but... It may be to do with something like that because what he's been able to find is that there's a certain part of people's brains that have had experiences with these creatures um, that their brain is set up slightly different for perception. Right, okay. Right, so they're able to perceive what's in front of them. Do you know like your brain um, does this thing where it obviously has to sees... Uh, your eyes see and then the brain interprets what you see and then it mm-hmm. gives you a visual for what you've seen yep. now in most people the brain will do that and it will it will um, familiarise itself with things so if you see a UFO some people's brains and we've mentioned this before some people's brains will see an aircraft because that's what the brain's expecting to see mm-hmm. so it will it will show you an aircraft whereas these these people that he's been dealing with have all got this ability where they don't do that the brain will show them exactly what they're seeing it's like people who see a bigfoot and say it's a bear that sort of thing well, no. I saw a bear or I saw a gorilla and they go well it's got to be that even though like when you get it in this country we don't have bears mm. do you know what I mean that sort of yeah that sort of thing I mean if the brain's putting that that perceived creature onto that image so that it, it, it computes with what you already know. Do you know mm. what I mean? That's what I say. So so, so the people who, who don't have this perception blocker, um, and it looks like it's almost been selected in humans as well, which is weird. Um, and it turns out it, it, it's roughly in about one in a hundred people, something like that. So it's not common at all. And it gets passed on. Because you get these people who like... Say I see weird things, then your kids see weird things, that sort of thing. And yeah. that, it goes on to a generation, and it's because um, the way he put it, it's like, it, and it's not. He said it's to do with intelligence, selecting for this intelligence. But I don't think it is that because it's the way we perceive intelligence now is not right. You know, people who can read books and all that, yeah, they can't go and survive in the wild. Why are you looking at me? Well, I'm just saying, like. <laughs> You know, if I if I if I could, you know, I could put more chance of living off my own wits than somebody well, yeah. who might be really smart. So 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 that's so, so it depends how you're saying that it's been selected for intelligence because it depends well, like, on what we the what measure you, of intelligence now is. I don't think it's the correct measure of intelligence. Yes, yeah. see that's why I I hate it when people say to me that because I get that a lot. No, you're stupid or you 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 mean I get it at work all the time, but 
a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, you're not intelligent. And I'm like, I've got a fucking degree. Yeah. I am intelligent, but I'm but book smart. The, yeah, but that's the wrong sort uh, of yeah, intelligence. I'm yeah, I'm book smart. I'm not. Yeah, there's, there's, there's degrees of intelligence. And that, oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, but what he was saying, it was almost like, um, this is getting passed on through people because he, he was saying that intelligent people attract intelligent people. So, so you're going to have a situation where two people um, have got this particular thing with the brain, they mm. have kids, and so their kids becomes able to see. And they, I mean, back in medieval times, we used to see this, didn't we? we used to have seers and things like that. And, yeah. And they, their gen, then their children would be able to see in that. So, so it's, been, so I think it's been known about for a long time, but we just didn't have real science to back it up. And now we're getting to this point where we've got science to back it up. So it's not just bullshit anymore. It's actually, oh, look, we can actually look at someone's brain. Yeah. Yes. This person saw a UFO. Let's look at the brain. Fucking brain damage. And the problem is you went from a stage in history where everything was, you know, you had these people in the villages and and this might offend people, but then Christianity came along and all this shit was the devil's work. You know, you you couldn't have a woman in a village who knew how to heal people. That was that made her a witch. Mm. You couldn't have these people who could speak it to... It goes back further than that, you know, I mean... So it, it sort of disappeared for about a five hundred year point in history, yeah. to the point we're at now, where people are going, "Hang on a minute, maybe there is something to that." And well, now it's like, being investigated. Um, now the Romans you know, wiped out the pagans, you know, the um, wiped out the druids, you know, even going to the lengths of burning down the oak groves because they knew how to use those oak groves as magical doorways, gateways to to another dimension, that sort of thing, and. The Romans absolutely wiped that out. Yeah. Because they didn't understand it. They couldn't do it. And it might just be that they they knew about it, but they didn't have this brain didn't have the ability didn't have this, to... Yeah, this thing that, that we know scientifically, that there's something in the brain that makes these people different from these people. Maybe the Romans didn't have that. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter how hard you try, you're never going to be able to get through that. You can't do it. Your brain will not let you do it. No, so it's just easier to... So they would have come along, had a look at it and gone, well, we need to get involved in that. They couldn't do it. They couldn't master it. And they thought, hang on a minute, these cunts are a bit more... They're a bit more intelligent than we are. They wouldn't use that word, but they would have thought, there's something about these that need to go. Yeah, they can do something we can't. And if you go right back even further than that, like in the time of the giants in England, you know, I always go back to that, that lady that was killed... They call her a queen, but we don't know. But the the one at Stonehenge, the only person to be buried at Stonehenge, that giant, um, seven foot tall giant, red hair. You know, people killed these things at those times. There's a new at um, I think it's Dover Castle, and they found a seven foot tall giant in the Ubelet there. So they chucked him in there and stoned him up. They actually put a stone floor over him, so he was never getting out. Um, so people were killing these things. So did these giants have something? And 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 we know that. It's pretty likely that humans mated with giants. So did this did this come from them? And so that's why we see certain people with this, certain countries a bit more than others, that type of thing. I've um, got to ask, just before, because I can't be the only one thinking this. Oubliette, the only thing I think of is Labyrinth. Mm. Yeah, she shouldn't have got that far. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is it? It's just a hole, isn't it? Is that all it is? Yeah, it's just a hole in the ground where you chuck people to die. Uh. There's no way in, no way out. I didn't even know what it was. I just, you know, it just reminds me of the film yeah. Labyrinth. That's it. Yeah, that's the bit where... I thought, yeah. I thought he'd made it up. Where she falls down that thing, don't she? 
Yeah, she shouldn't have got that. Did far. she say down? Yeah. yeah, and they're all laughing, and he's like, "She shouldn't have got as far." Do you? It's the one time I thought David Bowie was actually good. And then Hoggle came to get him. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, a great race. film. That's a great film. Mm. But yeah, so there might be some scientific basis to all this and reason why people are seeing what they're seeing and why people can't see. Well, you have it. Like, for example, you mean you? For those of you who listen to the show, you've probably heard Lee's stories over and over again. Because um, I know I know you've done them a few times. But your story, the one where you and your brother were there, to this day, your brother doesn't know anything, like refuses to admit what it was. But yet, your kids say similar things to what you said. Mm. You know, that they can see things and... And stuff like that. And I guarantee that his daughter doesn't. Do you know what I mean? That sort of... So, even in the same family, if one person doesn't see... Do you know what I mean? It's not that that sort of... Someone in that family is going to admit what they... Does that make sense? Do you know? Because yeah, your well, kids have I said mean, similar things to you about... Yeah, things. well, that's what I say. It might, it might get passed on, but you might need the... the the other parent to have mm. some degree of it to pass it on to get enough to for the see, kids to I see. I can honestly say, when it comes to that type of thing, I have never seen anything. But I would say on that there is you do have to put yourself in a position to see it as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like these people who say, "Well, I've never seen this. I've never seen that." It's like how many times do you go out and look at the sky and at night? You know, I've never seen a UFO. How many times you've been out at like two or three in the morning looking at the sky at night? Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's that sort of. I've thing. Seen, How often do you look at the sky? That's... I've seen. Well, because I, I can't guarantee it was a UFO, but I, for those of you who know England, um, Dunstable Downs, you know Dunstable, it's quite well known for a historic site. It was, um, it was home for like paganism and things like that back in back in the early days. So, but I, me and my wife, there's actually a road there. It's called the Devil's Road. And it's one of those roads that you drive down and you actually park on the road and it's a, a slight increase, maybe five degrees, something like that. It's not, a, it's not a massive hill, but it's about five degrees on the road. And if you sit on that road, put your car in neutral, take the handbrake off and the car rolls up the hill, not down. Mm. It can't explain it. No one can explain it's it. It's optical but it, illusion. Yeah, but it does, no, it, it does actually work. Yeah, but it's an optical illusion. Well, no, because it's, it's the surrounding ground around you gives you the, gives you the perception that you're on a hill when you're actually not. Uh, well, it looks like you're rolling uphill. Yeah. But anyway, we was on our way to there, and my wife categorically denies everything like this. She's it's still cool. Right? Yeah, but she's like, no, it does doesn't exist. None of this exists. And uh, we was driving, like I said, to Dunstable, and up above the downs there was a light. And it was a ball, like a football of light. And we was like, she was like, what's that? And I went, oh, it must be like a circus light. I thought it must be a circus light or, you know, like a spotlight. And then I looked at it again and I thought, that's in the middle of a field. Like, and it, and it's, this, it's called the Downs because it's on a massive slope. There's no circus there. And um, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't explain it. We looked at it, I said, oh, fuck it, I'm going to drive towards it. And we're getting closer and it, obviously it's getting bigger and it's not that that's getting bigger, it's that we're getting closer. And 
it was probably maybe, I don't know, half a mile from it. Hmm. Um, and it just shut off, disappeared, bang, gone. And I said to my missus, I said, you watch it, it sort of, it sort of flashed really bright and then disappeared. And I said to my missus, what that is, that knows that we were driving towards it. Yeah. It knew that I'd changed my direction of where I was going. It knew that someone had clocked it. And as soon as we change our direction, it's gone half of that and gone. But we tried to explain it. And to this day, can't tell you what that was. Cannot. T- I don't know. But like I said, it was like a football in, yeah. in the sky. Well, those those old orbs, those white ones, mm. um, you know, people have reported like orangey ones as well. But no, it was white. Most of them are white, aren't they? But, but they, that was cropping up in that Nolan's research as well, that people were seeing these. And again, if you look back in different times, they might have thought these were ghosts and... You know, other people might see it and think it's a UFO, but some people might see it's a ghost. And then we've got the Foo Fighters, which was the same thing as well. Yeah. So there's something to it. And the thing is now, with China and places like that basically saying that they're looking into this, they're going to get to the bottom of it, there, there's sort there's of... enough people Yeah, out there's there a are... bit of an arms race going on now to be the first to sort of... Find out what yeah, this is. Yeah, and... and utilize that technology i know i know like you know i'm not sure england's got a craft i know no. i know one crashed i think in cumbria but i don't think we own well, i don't think we've got it but the italians have got one the russians have got one the americans have got one presumably china have got one but you wouldn't know um no you wouldn't, they wouldn't so say, yeah. You know, so people have got them, so it's just the race is on now. Yeah, to work out to work what out it is and, and back engineer it. Hmm. But anyway, that being said, that's the um, Scandinavian gnome. So if you haven't got one, get one. Put a put some porridge out on Christmas Eve, and yeah, you'll get good luck for the rest of the year. Do you think they'll like Quaker oats? Yeah, yeah. can't see why not. Just put put some uh, butter on top and and put a pen and paper underneath and ask it for the lottery numbers. Yeah. Can you so, imagine if it did? That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and and if yeah. you win the lottery, because of this, remember, we have got a tip jar. <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also remember, we do do a couple of other podcasts that you you uh, could mm. check out that would help us out, if you can't help us out any other way. If you can't, uh, then obviously we've got the um, Bizarre Tales podcast, we've got the... Um, Absolute Poppycock podcast. We've got the. We need to do another one of them. Yeah, we haven't done that this yeah. year, I don't think. This week in history and the new one, which is the Bigfoot and Dogman show. Yeah, that's great. That is. So if you haven't checked any of them out, please check it out. Again, if you listen to the Bigfoot and Dogman show, with it being a new show, if you can leave a review, then mm. that helps it massively. Uh, obviously, yeah, if you haven't left a review on this one, then leave a review here as well. You can leave a review on Spotify. It's just stars, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it all counts, doesn't it? So. Do all that if you can't. If you haven't got anything for Christmas yet, then check out our t-shirts. They are at barbarianbreed.com. You get £5 off for the code word podcast, told you before. The the link for that is in the show notes, and obviously that does support the show. It does, massively. Massively. In fact, that's one of the principal ways you can support the show. But like I said before, you know, reviews and all that does help as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's your gift to us for Christmas. Help us out with summer. Yeah. And uh, 
We will have a, probably one more show coming out before Christmas, I think, because we've already recorded one. We just haven't put it out. Yeah, I had a bit of a trouble putting it out. So mm. and that is that is a story that I think most people will have heard of. But yeah, although they know of, but well, it's Christmassy. It is Christmassy. Yeah. So yeah, killing kids is that is Christmassy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so well, well, we'll see you when we see you. I was gonna say Merry Christmas, but I was I will say Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas next week. Yeah. So Merry Christmas and yeah. uh, we'll see you on the other side. Take care of day, filthy animals. Well they've gone. Though just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Thank you.